Welcome to episode 40 of the Two in the Authors podcast. That's with me, David B. Lyons. And me, Robert Enright. And on today's show, we are going to take a deep dive into author websites. And we've invited along a special guest, David. We'll be joined by a leading authority on author websites in Stuart Grant. And we will be discussing why having your own web space is beneficial for any budding author. And Stuart's also going to be sticking around to face our seven questions at the tail end of the show. But that is obviously after I agonized David with one of my incredible (laughs) intros to the mailbag. However, before we get into all of that juicy stuff, David, let's start by let's start by talking about the week that was. So how has your week been since the last time you sang a shit mailbag song at me? How dare you? <laughs> um, good, productive, quite a yep. productive week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right at the sort of tail end of this uh, novella, which I have now okay. put up for pre-order. I don't know what I said that last week. It's pre-order for August 24th. Um, I have one chapter left to write uh, um, in order to finish the first draft, and then I'll spend the next couple of weeks uh, before it goes off to the editors, just drawing on voice and redrafting, which is one of my favorite processes. Um, so mm. I've been quite productive. I did hear back from the um, big producer on the fair oh, yeah. he's still He's still very excited about it, but hasn't read it all yet. So he's um, he's still writing. He, he was hoping to finish something. He went off to Spain to write a project that he's working on at the moment, but didn't quite get it done. So um, he hasn't read all of my script yet, but he is definitely very interested in it so i'm still um i'm still excited but still haven't heard anything definite yet um but uh, uh that aside uh i am we're coming towards the end of a month now so apart from my writing i'm normally getting my email newsletter together uh, mm-hmm. which goes out on the first of each month so yesterday i started sort of just brushing on that and i think if i if i brush through it over maybe four or five days it saves me doing uh, it all in one day, if you know what I mean. Which yeah, it probably yeah. only take two hours altogether. But I just because it's like our show, it's a feature magazine newsletter. Um, I'll just do one section. I did one section yesterday. I'll probably do another section today. It will only cost me fifteen minutes or so, and then another one maybe next Monday and Tuesday, and then it'll be all done. So um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm in that headspace, and I've been in it for a while which is not always the case, uh, all our listeners will will know about uh, when you're trying to create art. Um, But I'm in the place where I am producing, which um, is is a good place to be. How about you? Now, last week you told us you had just got your latest novel back from Emma, your editor. Yeah, I did. And I did all my edits and it's gone off to the proofreader and I've done all my proofs. Um, Great. So luckily, my proofreaders like uh, side off as a big fan of the books. So they're like eager to get hold of it. So they give it a read through yeah. and then they read through again and just highlight um, any mistakes and stuff in it that have uh, slipped through. So 
they've all been done. So now the book 12 and the fourth box set have all been uh, formatted on vellum, all put together. All of them are now oh, uploaded nice. on all of them are uploaded on Amazon, ready to go. Um, the only reason I'm not bringing forward my um, publishing date by a week, like I, w- I would usually, is because yeah. this is kind of a big milestone one next yeah. Friday when it comes out. Um, Soph and I and Olivia were going to go out for dinner to celebrate, and because obviously Soph had to take like some time off work, she can't bring it forward. So I'm going to hold it back a week. But judging on the pre-orders, it's not a bad thing because if I combine the box set and uh, Sam Pope Twelve together, it's over double what the last pre-order was, which is just like oh great, um, nice real real validation for the read-through. Because you wouldn't get that yes. many pre-orders of book 12 in a series unless you were getting solid read-through. So that's been quite um, like a warm feeling. Well, I've had that warm feeling in the last week. And this is all goes back to a podcast um, where you taught me a lot when you were talking about, uh, I think it's called The Numbers That Matter. It was a podcast. It was very yeah. early on. Episode and you really opened my eyes to read through and the idea of really just marketing one book and mm-hmm. still seeing book seven sell um, through that. So now that I've started on a series and I'm introducing the third book into this series, I haven't really told anybody about it, but I'm seeing sales racket up, pre-sales racket up without even sort of mentioning it um, just because it, it's it's read through you know people are have read yep. book one book two and now they're buying book three at absolutely no cost to me whatsoever so yeah that's something i've learned through this podcast so even rob and i are learning from each other um as Always. we listen or record uh the two in the authors podcast two in the so david our talking point today as i said in the intro is all about author websites and instead of you and i discussing it together we have invited on a very special guest he's an authority on author websites and that is mr stuart grant stuart hello welcome to the show oh hi guys thank you so much for having me i've been listening to the podcast for ages um i wasn't quite sure which one was which to be honest so now i've got your <laughs> names on the screen i can see who's hey, who. hey, Stuart, um, people keep calling us the anthem deck of uh, in the author podcast <laughs> nobody knows who is. too well at least it's not the two ronnies <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, it's our pleasure to have you here today thanks so much for joining us on uh, on the tia um author websites i mean it it, it sounds like a, a, a basic necessity but it is a necessity that so many authors or anybody working in a digital business now or an online business tend to get a little bit wrong and um, at this stage how many author websites have you helped build have you any idea um i'm coming up close to about 250 odd really so, wow. Oh, wow yeah in not a very long time actually in you know probably about two years two and a bit years so yeah it's been Busy, very busy. That's amazing. Fair play to you. Congratulations and thanks for all Thank your work you. um, for the In the Author community. I guess a fourth step um, to talk about is I, I've said it seems like a no brainer, um, but but tell us why anybody running a digital business or in particular in the authors, because that's who listen to this podcast, 
why do we need to have a website? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got a bit of a kind of catchphrase motto, which hasn't really actually got any structure to it, but it's just the idea that, <laughs> you know, be somewhere, somewhere, some, be somewhere people can find you and have places people can buy you. And they're the two well, main things for an author, really. You need to be found mm-hmm. and to be bought. And, you know, that, if you Google James Black, for example, from the SPF show, you know, the first thing that comes up on Google is his website. Mm -hmm, So if, if readers are Googling you to find out who you are or about you, which they do, you know, you need them to find you and it's no better place than a place that you own on the internet, which is your website. Cause if you're filling in your author central page, you know, you've only got the limitations of what Amazon allows you to put on there and lay it out and colors Mm -hmm. or whatever. Whereas the website should be and is your space. You know, you can decorate it as you wish. It's your house, you know, your rules. And that gives you lots of um, kind of flexibility around making it feel like something that's connected to your brand. Um, You know, we'll come on to this maybe a bit more, but, you know, a lot of authors, I think, don't think in the same way about their website as they do about their book covers. You know, that when the, the, the website should be for readers, You know, that's who Mm -hmm. is looking at it. So immediately when you land on it, it's got to say the genre, the atmosphere, your branding, it's got to represent everything, you know, in the same way that you do your due diligence on a book cover about, you know, themes and styles in that other people are are using. I think it's as important for your website to have those kind of tropes. So that all the websites I build are geared around that instant win of, oh, I recognize this as a sci-fi you know, genre, or I recognize this as romance or whatever. Um, and it, you know, I think, you know, we've all seen it in the groups as well, when suddenly the carpet is removed from somebody's feet, you know, Amazon shuts an account or they Mm -hmm. lose their password to whatever. And they're left with, ah, what do I do? Whereas at least with a website, you still got that platform that exists that you're completely in control of. Um, yeah, it's your own real estate, isn't it? Exactly. You have to have your own real estate, really. Yes. And, it, you know, it's a place to expand on everything. You can't write a long bio and post photos of your dogs on, you know, on Amazon necessarily. Um, so that might be things that people want to know. You know, it's all about that relationship with readers. Um, I mean, you know, we've I'm sure we've all Googled readers, uh, sorry, uh, writers in our past you know i've had a look uh-huh. at lee child and jk rowling we've all been there and had a look at the website what's it yeah. also and hopefully and i'm sure it is that readers once they get because people i think readers often can remember the name of an author far more than they can the name of a book um so i've yeah. read every lee child book going but i couldn't tell you the name of more than two yeah <laughs> you know so if yeah. i was going to look for anything to do with him i'd be going to his website um, so I'd need to know Lee Child, blah, blah, blah. So I think, you know, in terms of having that space that's relatively cost effective, that you can design to your spec, you can have all your gump on it, you know, links to social media. It's a real hub platform for you as an author. And especially with the advent of all the direct selling stuff, you know, even more important to have somewhere people can go to buy your books. Fantastic. I mean, I, I completely agree with you, Stuart, about having your own um place on the internet you should have your own like i think they refer to as real estate i think that's a really good way of thinking about having your own digital real estate is perfect you did touch on a few things there Stuart, which i think would be good if we could go into detail using your expertise is what are the 
So you said you could put some gumph on your website, but what are the key components an author needs to have on their website? Um, I mean, if we take it at its barest minimum, you need your book covers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to, to demonstrate the kind of books you write. You need a bio, a little bit about you, which is, you know, not only good for a bit of SEO, but good for readers to know about you. More difficult if you have a pen name, obviously. Yeah, and that, mm-hmm. that is a bit of a tricky one. What You know, what does a pen name author write about themselves? Do they make something up? Is that disingenuous? Do they, you know, how do they, how do you manage that? And that is just something down to the author, I suppose. That's down to the individual, yeah. isn't it? They could, I think I, so. They could say, um, Jimmy Dawson is the pseudonym of David Lines. He writes, or you could just lie and pretend you're Jimmy Dawson, right? Yes. And write the and book. I think- yes. And I think there's a mix of both of those. You know, I've had people say, you know, I write thigh-clenching romance, you know, and I don't want my work colleagues in the IT department to know. So, you know, I can't (laughs) have anything about my personal life on there. So that makes the bio a bit difficult. But I think that's fine to invent stuff just to kind of give a pseudonym plus a pseudo bio. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, sorry, uh, book, book covers, bio, um links to buy obviously i mean i think that's one of the key things you want you want you know the architecture of the website to say here's my great book cover here's a bit about it so book descriptions is another one and then here's where you can buy it really clear layout architecture driving the the reader to do that journey through those kind of three things um and really that is it you know in terms of its basic structure you need book covers buy to link buy links bio maybe a photo and book descriptions. Interesting. So what you're saying, Stuart, is it doesn't have to be an, an, an elaborate website. An author's website could be three or four pages. Not even that. I mean, I, you know, I think I've come down the road as well of, you know, we all log on to our phones and scroll up like this. You know, we're yeah. used to that that uh-huh. kind of straight line journey. And I don't really like going to loads and loads of pages because it means opening another browser tab and, you know, da, 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 da. so actually uh, for some authors, I think it's right just to have that lovely one page, you know, land on the top. There's my new book. Oh, the other thing you must have, of course, is the sign up box. So you've got here's, oh, you yeah. know, here's my book or here's my sign up box for my newsletter. Here's a bit about me. Here's maybe a bit more about the book. Get in touch here. You know, that's it. And you could have that all on one page. So, yes, some websites I think are, are perfectly fine. as just one page, Brilliant. literally a landing sort of page. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be elaborate and it doesn't have to be a major, major undertaking. And we will give um, Stuart's details out uh, towards the end of this interview. I just want to go back. Robert said he, he wanted to rewind on a couple of things you, you mentioned there as you were explaining what a, a website could look like. Um, you, you mentioned there links to buy. So when you have your books laid out neatly on your website, there will be links Amazon or to Kobo or wherever um, people can Mm -hmm. download or buy your paperbacks. But in this day and age, Stuart, should indie authors be selling product themselves through their own website? (laughs) Ah, the hot potato. Um, (laughs) It's a bit of a tussle at the moment in the community, isn't it, between direct selling and AI? Which one's going to, you know, which one are we going to talk about most? Um, (laughs) You know, direct selling is very exciting. And, you know, I was thrilled at the SPF conference in London to meet up with BookVault, who are about to launch a plugin for Wix, which is the platform I use exclusively, which allows for free authors to have a button, which means readers can buy print on demand 
print books. They can, you know, they can buy um, free eBooks via book funnel, all, you know, integrated one click stuff. And obviously they get more of the profit. I mean, I think one of the things a lot's, you know, it's been in the community a lot, people talking about direct selling. And I think it's great in the form it is at the moment for people with a series and lots of books to sell because you've got a community that will go through that process of buying books. If you're a first book author, I think it's tough, you know, to have direct sales because you haven't got those people, you know, why wouldn't you put yourself necessarily? I mean, you might be on there as well, but on Amazon, you know, the biggest store in the world, it provides you its own traffic. It does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. You know, if you, if you want to direct sell, one of the ways is using um, spot um, Shopify you know yes. and that's another 30 pounds a month so you might make more money direct selling but you lose some by having the platforms to do it which is why the book vault thing is so exciting because it is free um so i think you know my and i've been i've been chastised for this a little bit but you know my advice to most first time authors is do you know what just get used to doing it once you know using somebody else's structure or or mm-hmm background so put it on amazon you know get into ku benefit from the page reads learn the process learn about the publishing industry and don't worry about selling direct on all platforms or or direct you know print copies and all the rest of it because i think it's just a mountain to climb you know Mm -hmm. and i had an author come to me the other day and say right i've written one book i haven't got the cover yet but i want my website to sell t-shirts mugs you know, I want a page for each character, you know, and I was like, whoa, 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 yeah, you know, yeah. just hold your fire, you know, just get used to using one platform to start with. There's nothing wrong with selling wide and, you know, I'm an advocate for that in the right circumstances and selling yeah. direct. But I think it's just a, a question of process and time and learning because I think some authors will go, I want to sell direct. I want to sell merchandise. I want to do all this. And it's just too much. And they I can't do anything. I think that's great advice for those starting out. And we'll come back to those starting out in a minute to get your um, to get more advice from you on that. Mm. I think Rob and I both have um, 11 books out now. Rob, you're on. Yes, I've got mm, yeah. the 12th book coming next week. Yeah, 12th book next week. I'm I'm uh, got 11 um, coming. No, I've got number 12 coming next week as well, including novellas. Mm. So us a bit more established. I'm right in the in the crux of thinking about what we've just spoken about, Stuart, which is selling direct and maybe some merchandise. And I got some uh, good ideas at the SBS conference that I was with um, or at with you there uh, last month. So for us guys, it, um, we're at that dilemma, I guess. But so this is interesting what Wix are doing now that you can get this mm. free plug-in where we can sell product online. You, you you dropped into my DMs not so long ago when you heard I was looking at um, doing my website again. So this is a breakthrough for authors, isn't it? Excuse me. It's very exciting. You know, it's, it's more to do with BookVault than Wix. Essentially, they've created the app together. But, um, you know, BookVault have released or are releasing any day now this app, which will allow you to sell, like I say, print-on-demand, ebooks via BookFunnel and merchandise. Um and actually, I, met, I bumped into Joe Penn at the SBF conference as well, and she said quite an interesting thing. She was showing me a book um, set, box set that, that Book Vault had published for, her, and she was talking about the idea of producing merch first, which is quite ah, revolutionary. So you start with merch, you know, you start with branded hmm. mugs and whatever, and then you release your books, which is kind of even a different, another way of looking at it. Yeah, you know, build your community by them buying other stuff and then introduce them to their books, which is really interesting. But I think 
you know, for most authors, and you guys are in such a strong position with, you know, a huge number of books, a great audience, they're vibrant, they, they want to support you, you've got a relationship with them, they've got, you know, they understand you and what you do. So they're willing to buy, you know, if you say mm. to them, buy direct from me, they'll yeah. go, yeah, absolutely, of course. Yeah, they, they I, um, I, I, that's where my dilemma on that one is, is I feel like I probably have, I have a good solid readership. I know that for a fact. I've got data that backs that up. My only concern is sort of the mentality of, I mean, I think it's probably only in the last few years that indie authors have kind of broken through a bit more that they're seen sort of on level pegging as published authors. They're almost indistinguishable now. That's what we preach on here. That's what you should be. And I think that stigma is going away a bit now. I think my next concern would be is i've had people who have struggled to even just download a free book from my mailing list is <laughs> yeah. changing people's mentality that they're if you're buying off amazon or kobo or apple these are massive companies that have all the infrastructure in place that means the purchase is going to go really smoothly doing it off a website and then put it, and then having to click a link to download it through a different way i don't know if we'd get pushback from that i don't know if that's kind of the next barrier i don't know what you think about that i think that's absolutely valid and i think that's very true and it, you know buy direct in the community is the equivalent of buy local in the business community isn't it you yeah. know all that you see it outside yeah. shops buy local support local business and it's a very similar kind of ethos around buying direct from your author you're supporting the local author and all the rest of it which is very true you know and i think that is but like you say there could be maybe is some nervousness around purchasing off websites they don't recognize or know um mm. it is slightly more complicated you know you do have to go through some steps to side load your book onto a device or whatever so yeah i think there's going to be change coming you know throughout that whole process i think what's brilliant is that it's there you know whether you mm. choose to use it or not it's a new bit of armory for an author you know they can choose to just let somebody else do all the heavy lifting and sell the book or they can take control of it and sell some themselves and potentially make a little bit more money yeah, well, you know, I'm going to give. I might give it a test, David. I might do it. My my Jack Townsend book that I'm going to start working on. Maybe I'll try and release that direct from my website and give it a little little test. See if that works. Sorry, book vault do offer plug. It's not just for Wix, so you can get this plugin for Shopify and I think it's WooCommerce on WordPress. So it's not just you know. So it's definitely worth looking at. These guys they're only based up the road from me actually in Peterborough. So I'm hoping to go to the factory next week ah. and have a look around and see the print press itself. So that will be really interesting. But yeah, it's such an interesting development, and I think you know we're all going to benefit from it in one way or another. I think so too. I think that's um it's a really exciting one and uh should, while we're talking about sort of selling direct and, and going off the website if we to look at it now <clears throat> if i'm running an ad so this is when you think about the customer journey is if you're running an ad and you want to send someone to buy your book i currently just i don't send people to my website i send people directly to to amazon because it's less clicks for the customer journey. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's like this whole Netflix generation, we want things as quickly and as conveniently as possible. So would you recommend people send directly to their website or going directly to marketplaces like Amazon or Kobo? 
No, I completely agree with you. You know, reducing the number of clicks and steps is what we're after here. I think the importance of having the website is that for those Mm -hmm. people that don't see the ad or that don't get served any kind Mm. of marketing around you, that they could potentially find you on your website, which they might not do, you know, elsewhere. So I think that's the thing, you know, yes, of course, ads, I think, should post to wherever you want to sell your book. Um, But, you know, you should also have a website just in case those people don't find that ad or whatever. And and find you elsewhere through, you know, to your website. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the more clicks uh, a purchaser has to go through, the, the more you're diluting um, your, your chance of sales. Mm. So that that's shopping or selling on your website sort of um, covered, Stuart. Thanks so much for that. I'm just wary of our listeners who may not be as advanced as Rob and I in terms of setting up a website. So, Let's say a listener has one or two books out right now. They haven't quite got their website up and running. It's it's another hill on the mountain that they have to climb. Um, can you put their minds at ease and let them know how easy it is to, to set up this website? And also, what are the very first steps somebody should take who hasn't quite got to grips with their online or, their, or owning their own real estate online? Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, just aside or alongside that, you know, I think we mentioned it briefly, but obviously one of the important things for any author is growing that email list. We know that's the gold standard for keeping in touch with your warm audience. You know, the website is one of the best places to collect that data. You don't get it from Amazon. You don't get it from everywhere else. Um, So I think one of the first steps that you were talking about there is to think about how you're going to collect those email addresses, make sure that that's very much in the strategy for what you're about to do. So you know that the one of the first things you must have is an email service provider set up, you know, to mm-hmm. do that. And then you can either embed those forms, the sign up forms into your website once it's built, or in the case of something like Wix, you can use the inbuilt service provider, which is comparable to MailerLite and MailChimp and part of the hosting fee that you pay. So, you know, most of my authors now just use the Wix so- mail service provider Um, and i think you know it's got so much easier and i mean wix themselves even announced yesterday or the day before that they're about to launch a completely ai website generator so you will literally go to the thing yeah you'll say i want a author website for a thriller author my name is this this is my book cover and it will go and you'll get a beautiful moving website so in terms of newbies you know some people are completely technophobic they don't want to do it you know they 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 don't Mm. even want to switch on a computer and that's why there are people like me you know who can help with that but for those that do want to do it there's loads of options out there you know wix is my preferred resource but um you know the squarespace and you know wordpress if you can even think about that it's my nemesis um so you know absolutely detest it but there we are you know there's, there's camps for everybody um so i think for a newbie you know don't stress it is something i recommend you do relatively fast and it is something you can do relatively cheaply um interesting well i guess step number one would be even to open a dialogue with you Stuart. you, you built as you have you as you told us uh 250 websites now over the past couple of years how yep. could our listeners reach out to you even to just begin dialogue 
Um, well, I'm on Readsy, which hopefully people know is um, a marketplace for authors to find service providers. Um, and Great. I will just mention that I'm the highest rated web designer on Readsy. Which yes, Stuart Grant. I love to. Nice. <laughs> I love to. Love it. I like. I like to mention that. And um, <laughs> and I walked up to Ricardo at the SPF conference, and he said, "Ah, oh, our number one rated website designer." Nice. Um, so that's one place you can find me and others, of course. Um, or I have got a, a website, obviously. Um, which is digitalauthorstoolkit.com. Digitalauthorstoolkit.com. Yes, which is the behind me, but backwards, I think. So uh, <laughs> where the cameras flipped it around. <laughs> but um, yeah, digitalauthorstoolkit.com. Um, you should be able to find me there. And I'm in all the you know community groups. You can find me or you can, I don't know, message me on uh, social media. You can find me. All my tags are at Stuart Grant UK. So whether it's threads or Instagram, that's where I am. It's the mailbag. Come and send your question in. And maybe David B. Lyons, maybe he will answer it. It's the mailbag like it was before. So you can ask a question and then you can ask some more. It's the mailbag. Oh, he's writing lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, David. Look how little self-respect I have. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hands in the gonna, air as well. We're going to go to our Simon Cowell. Stuart, what did you make of that? It's a, um, a, a maybe. It's a yes from me, Robert. It's a yes from me. They, oh, all, they often put through people that are rubbish. Yeah, yeah exactly. well, it's a no from me. No, oh, wow. There's always there's always like a comedy, you know, just like the uh, let's laugh at this guy. That'd be me. Yes, um, that would Elton be you Rob in this episode. That'd be me. Um, but we do have a mailbag question. This isn't a, a really dodgy version of the X Factor. We do have a mailbag question, and it has been sent in by Lauren Bowley, and she starts off very nicely by saying, "Love the show, guys." So thank you very much. I'm learning Thanks, so Lauren. much by listening to the episodes while I'm out on walks. Um, I notice you both mention branding a lot. It's almost mentioned in every show you do, just because it's very, very important. Um, I understand that McDonald's have a brand and Coca-Cola, but how can an author have a brand? And what do you mean by branding exactly? So what I'm going to do this week is, David, I think you and I, because we talk about this a lot, we're very aligned on our answer here. So I'll let you answer this. And then I think it'd be really good, Stuart, if you could have a crack at it as well from sort of a website perspective. So um, yeah, sure. I'll ping that over to you, David. What do we mean exactly by branding? Yeah, well, I'm keen to hear from Stuart on this. So, but but just to briefly say, when when Rob and I are talking about branding, we're talking about you know use of image, use of fonts, use of tone, use of language. All of these things should align, and you should be conscious of them. Um, so Rob and I do talk about branding a lot because you yourself, as an author are a product in a sense you're selling product um which happens to be books but you're a product um yourself but but Stuart, in in with your rich history and experience of building websites and you're probably even building brands for authors uh, how could you help lauren in this situation can you explain to her what what we mean by branding for authors exactly i think it comes down to readers recognizing you simple mm. as that you know that they Real. they see something and they get it they understand that's you you know if you look at some of the big authors 
in in even the indie community you know they've got very recognizable book covers very recognizable brand uh, words you know the names are the same on every book and it is i i get this a lot i get authors send me you know six books and they're all completely different and yeah. you, and i just think you've missed a trick there because mm. readers won't recognize it they won't necessarily even think to read through because they don't see it as related they think yeah. it's something other or something else and it you know it's the concept of building a website is very much you know you should really only use maybe two fonts as a maximum just because you don't want it to look yes. cluttered you don't want it to look messy you know establish your key font and then establish your secondary one and just use those on book covers emails you know facebook everywhere you know just get people in that zone of recognizing what you are saying about yourself through image and text you know as you said david rightly you know it's all about those kind of things looking the same and and feeling like they come from the same place you know and I, and i mean some businesses as you mentioned there like coke and whoever you know they are absolute you cannot breathe in the wrong direction you know with <laughs> coca cola branding they'd be on you you know you have yeah. to be very careful when you're dealing with people's intellectual property around what their logos represent and i think it's really exciting for an author i mean let's just get to the kind of emotion of it I love the idea of being an author, having a business card that's got my little name on it, you know, that looks the same as my book covers and, you know, the colours, you know, maybe I've got the running man on my book cover, you know, running away from a burning building because I'm a crime writer, you know, it all just feels Mm. together, you know. And I think there's something very exciting about owning a brand and owning a logo or a, a style. That's probably a better word, actually. That's a great, great phrase, great answer, Stuart. And I... I would say you would you would advise that dependent on the genre you're writing in, that will determine an awful lot of your brand. There's no point in writing um, psychological horror and then having bright pink and yellow website and branding, right? It yeah. all has to align. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's 101, isn't it? Of any branding, it's got to be the same. And some people get it really right, you know, and I know we've mentioned Mark Dawson potentially already, but you know, he's got it right. You know, you get to his website, you get to his books, you know what you're expecting. You've got it right. You know, you guys, your books align, you know, they look in keeping uh, with each other and what you're doing. So it's not, and it's actually makes life easier because you don't have to think again and again and again for each product. You know, you just go, okay, that's my font, that's my colours, you know, and, and kind of just use those as standard. Rob, it is time for the seven questions, and we have Stuart still with us. Stuart, thanks mm-hmm. very much um, for sticking around, giving us a whole hour of your morning. Um, Stuart has published the Digital Authors Toolkit, which aligns to his uh, website and his website design. Uh, Stuart, aside from that book, in the future, are you thinking about publishing a book specifically about websites, or is that not necessarily in the plan? I'd love it to be in the plan. Um, (laughs) You're a busy boy, though. Exactly. You know, and um, I don't have that creative streak in the sense of I don't think I could write. I mean, I... I make up stories from my four-year-old daughter every night, you know, <laughs> and I do think actually I should probably write them down. We've got yeah. a great series going at the moment with Wilf and Wilma the Wolf. Um, <laughs> but nice. um, in terms of, you know, I've re- I'm probably better at writing nonfiction than I would be fiction at, the, at this point. 
and it is just time, you know, and I know you guys have talked about this, you know, infinitum in a sense of making time and prioritizing and, you know, you have to do it if you want to do it and all the rest of it. So um, I'd love to do it and I should do it because I know enough about the business to, to have written and produced <laughs> a million books, but um, yeah, I just haven't. Um, I wrote yeah. a book with Mark on, um, on Instagram. So that was one and potentially I'll write one for, for authors on websites as well. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to have time when you're building, um, 250 websites in the space of 24 months, but, yeah. um, yeah, you, you, are dead right. You have such a wealth of experience in this industry, in this sector. So mm-hmm. I think the, um, your answers here will be so beneficial to our listeners. Uh, question one of the seven questions, Stuart always is, are you a full-time author? I think we've already had the answer to that. You, you're, you're too busy making websites. Yes, I'm not. I'd love to be. I think it's such an exciting thing to be. I'm jealous of everyone that can come up with these fantastic books and brilliant stories. You know, I'm absolutely in awe of that. And and that's why I probably love being in it so much because I'm quite a creative person. But yeah. So no, I'm not a full-time author. I would love to be, but just, just haven't got time to serve the community and write in the community. Oh, well, I mean, does that make the next question slightly redundant? Are you wide or exclusive? <laughs> I can answer it in terms of what I would do. Yeah, go on. If you, if you um, could, what would, what would you be your thing of going wide or exclusive? What was your take on that? And I, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but it, yeah. honestly, and initially I would go exclusive. Mm. You know, I'd get my one book on Amazon. I'd opt into KU. I'd shout about that book. I'd sell it. I'd get a readership. I'd get that email list going. And then I would write book two and do the same. And then maybe when I'm down the line and I've got a bigger readership, I would then go wide and learn about all the other platforms. And I know there's aggregators that do all of that for you, but it's still another thing to think about. So yeah, my journey would be exclusive to start and then look at going wide later. Mm. That's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's advice Rob and I pass on to you. It's, it's tough enough to, to juggle the big ball that is Amazon KDP. So adding extra balls into that juggle, um, I think is for more experienced writers and, and you can get there down the road. So starting off uh, exclusive is, is certainly the most beneficial route, I think. Um, question three, Stuart, is can you name the one service you use as an indie author that you could not do without? Um, well, for me, it would have to be Wix. You know, it would have to be the website builder. But, you know, that's where my website is as well, obviously. Um, so that as a tool is just mind blowing. You know, mm. as a platform, it's folded in with so much stuff for free. You know, it connects up with the Google. It does brilliant SEO. Um, you know, it's got a mail service. Um, so yeah, that's my absolute number one go-to. I mean, I dread to think how many hours I've stared at the screen, you know, looking at Wix. Um, so yeah, that would be, but I'm going to slide another one in, which is quite, uh, which is Dropbox capture, which is a bit like loom. Ooh. Okay. And I do use that all the time. So for capturing little bits of how to do stuff, you know, I, click that button, I record it. I do a lot of communication with clients using that rather than email or like text email. So yeah, it's something like Loom or Dropbox Capture is a really fast way to get your point across and show what you want to be done, you know. Um, And if you haven't ever considered it, it's a a game changer. It's a bit like doing narration. 
I was just going to say, I use a a program called Snagit, which does a similar thing where you can capture what you're doing on screen. And I've done a few videos for Two Indie Authors Facebook group uh, using a, um, a similar software. So software like that is really good. Just a very quick side question, Stuart, while we have you on, because um, you're obviously a bit more of an expert in this. For our listeners <laughs> who maybe don't quite understand what is meant by SEO... Could you just give a little brief explanation of what that is and how that can be kind of used as a benefit towards a, an author? I haven't got a clue. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, um, it stands for search engine optimization, which I'm sure many of uh, your listeners will know already. But it basically means you are optimizing or making your website as friendly to search engines as possible. It just means that. When someone puts in um, David B. Lyons into Google, it will do a search of all the f- websites it's got, basically, and it will find any website that mentions David B. Lyons, and it will serve that website to that user. And that is essentially what you're doing. You're building your website website in such a way that Google knows what it's, what it's about so that it can serve that result to somebody who is searching for that term which is why things like, you know, putting your genre on the website, putting your name, uh-huh. you know, and other Book things titles, like that are, yeah. exactly, are so important because, you know, once they get searched, Google will look for it and go, yep, this website says it's about David B. Lyons or Rob, Robert or whatever. Let's give it to them in the search result. Um, and it is, it is really important. You know, I can't stress it enough. You've got to yeah. be across it. Um, yeah. And as accessibility comes in even more, you know, People are looking for websites to be really well laid out and have kind of all the information that, that they're looking for, you know. Yeah, that's, that is something. So I, I kind of got my head around that a little bit over the last few years because I didn't realize um, when I built my website, because I use Wix as well, I'd have like, I had like four pages, so like separate pages for each book. And then what I was doing was because I liked the layout of that page, I was duplicating the page. And then, you know, updating it. What I wasn't doing is I wasn't updating the SEO. So where I had a page for, say, a book called The Final Mile, the SEO of it, like the web address of it, was copy of The Night Shift. So it wasn't optimized for someone to go, I don't know, Robert Enright, The Final Mile. It would never, it'd never reach him because it wasn't, it wasn't there. Um, But I thank you for that explanation. That's a really good one. But I have a question for you. Question number four is Mm -hmm. how do you, I guess for you, this would be like, how do you market within the indie author community? Oh, well, for my business, I obviously attend conferences. Mm-hmm. I, you know, get involved with other companies and, you know, have relationships with, you know, Vellum, Drafter Digital, yourselves. You know, I try and get on podcasts. I try mm-hmm. and give a lot. You know, I try and kind of be the person that people can go to to ask questions and get some help. Um, so that's really, I haven't done any advertising at all. It's all word of mouth or, um, oh, just wow. kind of community growth. Yeah. I've not, I've not run one ad or anything yet. Amazing. So, and, um, I won't at the moment cause I can't cope, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I think in terms of, again, what would I do as an author, you know, how do you market your book? And I don't know, you know, is obviously use a great website because we've talked about why, but yeah. you know, just making sure that authors are aware about the places, the real estate, again, where they could promote their website. So is it on the bottom of your signature? Is it on your Facebook cover photo? You know, you've got your lovely image, but does it say 
find me here on there you know is it all over the place you know have you put it on every so do you post it every two weeks on social media if not why not is it at the front and back of your book saying sign up here you know um there's so many places that authors kind of miss yeah just put in their book and that is marketing obviously so in terms of how i would market my book would one way would be to make sure that my website address was everywhere yeah yeah Yeah, very good answer really interesting great take um coming at it from a different angle Stuart. Uh, question five is so how long have you been in the author in inside the in the author community is it only two years i feel like I've, I've, i've known you longer than that yeah, no, I've been working with SPF for about nine years. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's, it's eight or nine years. Yeah, yeah, so a long, long time. You know, I've had the pleasure of editing and listening to every single episode of the SPF live show. Uh, you know, <laughs> so and um, but yeah, so I've been in it and seen big changes even in that time. You know, mm-hmm. it's been so exciting. But Ooh. yeah, a long, long time. Well, then you, you, your answer to this should be fairly eye-opening. What's the one thing you know now? about this community or this sector that you wish you knew from the outset? Um, Yeah, I struggled with the answer to this, actually, when I was thinking about it. I think just not realizing how complex it is, you know, the, the whole process of being an author, how many parts there are, moving parts, you know, that you've got to kind of, you are literally plate spinning. It's such a cliche, but it is so true. And I know, I think it was last year, last week or the week before you guys were talking about the kind of number of things you have to do and whether Uh you like or don't like the admin side of it. But, you know, that is a struggle for for an author. And um, I wouldn't say I wish I'd known it, but I didn't know it, if you know what I mean. Kind of, I was, I was astounded at how much there was um, to do as an author you know it's not an easy road it's a brilliantly exciting road but it's a difficult one with lots of things you can trip on um so yeah i think just really how how complex the process can be to get a book i mean it's it can be simple but i know i'm kind of talking in a circle here but i think you know i didn't realize just how much there was involved with you don't just write a book and stick it somewhere and it goes you yeah. know stratospheric it yeah. just doesn't happen yes I, I agree with you there. You know, I actually find the easiest part of running this whole business is writing the book because that's a bit that's yeah. just like a passion and I love doing it. The other side of it is all the stuff I have yeah. to learn and that's it, constantly learning nonstop new things. Like today, having you on this this show has been massively eye-opening for me. Like my head's spinning. We're going to speak off, um, off, off mic uh, later on, you and I. Um, but I agree with you there. I think it's <laughs> such a complex... Um, just a whole journey for an author and i think people need to have their eyes open going into it 100 percent um yeah and i think yeah yeah um i think that leads quite nicely into question number six which is obviously as someone who's been in the indie author community now for nearly a decade what do you think is the biggest frustration that exists within the indie author community and what's your biggest frustration dealing with it do you know the one thing that gets talked about all the time on every podcast by every you know person in the industry but people still don't listen is bad covers you know oh my god Mm -hmm. you know honestly i've seen some absolute corkers you know bless their hearts but you know my next door's neighbor's son did it in word you know is this all right uh no it's not yes Mm -hmm. um 
And, you know, that is just so frustrating because it's such an easy thing to get right, you know. Yeah. Just look at other people's. I mean, it really is as simple as that. Look at what other people in your genre are doing and do the same. You know, you had Stuart on a couple of months ago or weeks ago, Stuart Bache, you yeah. know, and he he goes on about this, you know, it's got to look like everybody else's. And that is my biggest frustration. Mm-hmm. People not and it is difficult because not all of us are able to stand back and look at what we've produced and be objective. So you've got to ask other people and expect honest answers, you know, and, you know, kudos to people that put their covers into community groups and say, what do you think of my cover? Yeah, I absolutely echo that frustration, Stuart. It's one of uh, mine and Rob's biggest bugbears is just not being professional enough or not, not putting that aesthetic or even the branding that we spoke about earlier on it. Um, on your covers, it, a an amateur cover looks like an amateur cover. It screams amateur. So mm-hmm. you really need, and if if you're not ready to invest a few hundred pounds or euros or whatever um, currency you're dealing with on a book cover, well, then it's probably fair to say you're not ready to be an independent author yet. That's genuinely how I feel. And I know a lot of people will scoff at that because as you say, their neighbor's son is is really handy at designing. He once designed something before and now he's going to design my book. That's not how to do it. My wife, I've said this on the show, is a world-class designer. I would not have her design my books because she doesn't design books. So it really is a case um, of be professional with your book covers. There's no point in half arsing that particular aspect to it. I totally agree with Stuart answer, Stuart's answer there. Which brings us to question seven, the final question of the whole show, Stuart. Um, I'm a very patient young man. Um, what's the <laughs> oh, it's one, been a pleasure. <laughs> what's the one piece of advice you would pass on to all of our listeners? Turn down the two indie authors podcast when Rob sings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Wow, come on now. That's the end of today's show. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it comes back to what we were saying before. I think, you know, the key bit of advice I would give to any author, and I do give to authors, is do your due diligence. You know, go and look on Amazon, put in the genre of your book and see what other people are writing about themselves, what their book covers look like, everything. You know, just just make a list of you have to do a bit of hard work you know you've been talking about it in terms of agents recently you've got to put in the hours Uh to find the right agent you've got to go and pour through lists of people and it's boring and everything else but you know just make sure you're doing what you think you're doing and make sure it is in line with everything else around you so due diligence is a bit of a cliche but it's the absolutely one thing i wish more authors would do that's a great answer, mm-hmm. Stuart. I'm, I'm going to give our listeners uh, one more piece of advice on top of that. If you don't have your website sorted yet or you have one that you're not quite happy with and it's not quite doing the job, www.digitalauthorstoolkit.com. You can find Stuart Grant there or you can type in the name Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, Grant at Reedsy and you will find him there Stuart you are a gem um, oh, a diamond in the, in the author community thank you so much for giving us your time on two in the authors today thank you so much for having me on it's been a pleasure thanks guys two in the authors David I say this we say this every week um, where we talk about how wonderful it is to have guests on what I really want to shine a light on is Stuart's not an author per se, but he's such a key figure 
in sort of the indie author community and having someone like that with that knowledge and skill set like coming on here to discuss it out of his own free will and the amount of stuff he does for indie authors just shows just how brilliant being part of this indie author community is that's how i feel about how today has been yeah, it's just so many little diamonds, isn't there, hanging around the community mm. who are just willing to pass on so much advice and help, even even free of charge. Um, so it was great to have Stuart on the show there. And uh, it, this is a guy who knows his business because mm. we don't – we're lazy to two in the orders. There's not much pre-production goes into the show. So it's not as if Stuart knew what questions were coming at him or <laughs> what he was going to discuss. Um, we threw questions at him about – how can I add a plug in um, to sell yeah. books on my website? Or what if I was just starting out? And he just knows. Mm. He just has that wealth of knowledge. He just pours out of him about how authors can best benefit from owning their own real estate online. Yeah. And I think if anyone is, has listened to this interview and they're thinking, oh, I think like, like Stu even said, if they, they don't know how to get started or they have got started and they're not happy with what they got, just reach out to him. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. David, you gave all of his information at the end of the interview. I just think people should definitely reach out. And he's such a nice guy. So thank you, Stuart, for joining us today. David, thank you for not hanging up when I sang at you earlier. Um, I was tempted. It was. I know you were. Um, Before I let you go... You're going to be finishing a book this week, aren't you? How exciting. Yeah, yeah. We've, I'll be typing those words, the end, by uh, the time I'm, I'm talking into this microphone next week uh, and looking forward to that. And mm. thereafter, I um, will be taking my little family uh, back to Dublin for a week. So when you are hearing me next week, next week's show, which will be show 41, I will be coming through your airways all the way from Dublin. Uh, what about you, Rob? What have you got going on over the next seven days? Um, I have um, just a few more pre-launch things to, to sort out. So it's with my mm-hmm. ARC team, my brain trust. Um, I, I have my launch emails to make. I have my um, graphics to make for social media. Um, quite it's nice. All job. the niggly bits, yeah. Yeah, they're quite yeah, I nice. I like it too. I like the Yeah, it's just quite nice. They're not. I've done it so many times now. It's not taxing. Like I, I have templates. Yeah. I save on things like Canva and BookBrush. You know, I, I, they're not, they're, it's not tricky to do. Um, they're just quite nice, and it, it builds up the excitement of the launch. So I have that. The other thing, really excitingly, is I feel like I've, I'm not a massive plotter from the beginning. I think we've been over this, like how I start writing. Yeah. But because this is a brand mm-hmm. new genre for me, this Jack Townsend one, I've kind of wanted to really make it uh, watertight. And I think I've broken the yeah. back of plotting that to the point where now I want to start writing it. So by the time I speak right. to you, when you're in uh, in Dublin, I would have begun writing a new book. So um, that's a very exciting nice. time ahead. David, I will let you go. Thank you to all of our listeners. You have been listening to... <laughs> Oh,